Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like when your fantasy league meets up at your house. Everything's great until the hot plate gets too hot for the tablecloth. Now your kitchen's up in smoke. And if you don't have the right home insurance coverage, the cost to fix this is anything but a fantasy. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Not available in every state. Based on coverage selected. Subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. Well, I don't mean to alarm you, but I have some thoughts. And I'm also interested in yours. Thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. The NHL moving closer to unveiling its return to play plan for the resumption and completion of the 1920 season. We are looking at a 24-team format, which I'm not a fan of, and I'll get to that and how it could potentially affect the Oilers if they decide to go that way. What about Edmonton as a host city? What are some of the players about this? Uh, think about this. Uh, what is their enthusiasm level like? I'm led to believe it's perhaps not high across the board that uh, they might have some reservations as well about playing through this or trying to resume the season in neutral sites and hub cities and all this kind of thing. So anyway, you are welcome to reach out as we uh, explore these topics. 780-496-0063 is the number to both call and to text. And we will have John Shannon on the show a little bit later on. We're with you until eight o'clock. I do want to quickly remind you, not a great day for golf today, but the golf courses are open. We want you to hit the links with 630 Chet and the Ranch Golf and Country Club. You can take a friend to golf the ranch. You got to go to the 630 Chet contest page. Uh, look for the details there. You can enter online and you could win a pair of golf passes to the Ranch Golf and Country Club. Okay, so first of all, I'm sure you've seen it. We touched on it a little bit last night. A 24-team format to finish the, the the season. The teams would be ranked in each conference, 1 through 12, based on points percentage. And that's why the Edmonton Oilers are behind the Dallas Stars, even though they have more points. Chicago, Dallas has played fewer games. They have a better points percentage. They would get the four seed. Edmonton would get the five seed. And that's significant because the Oilers in that scenario, and look, we all know this could change in a few hours or by the time we're on the year tomorrow, but this is what's being talked about a lot now. Under that format, the Oilers would be fifth. The top four teams would not have to participate in a play-in round to actually get into the postseason. They would do a, probably a little round robin of mics themselves. They might have the opportunity to alter their seating. You know, maybe the second team could move up to first, the fourth could move up to third, or whatever. They'd do some kind of little mini tournament. But it wouldn't be sudden death games, but it would get them going. So then you'd have five against 12, six against 11, and so on. So the Oilers in that scenario would play the Chicago Blackhawks in what's being thrown about as probably a best-of-five series to get into the actual 16-team playoffs. Now, the way I understand this, and here's the painful, cruel irony for for Oilers fans who have seen the team, I, I still struggle remembering all the years out of the playoffs. What is it, 12 of the last 13 years out of the playoffs? This this scenario is being called a play-in round. So if the Oilers were to be upset by the Chicago Blackhawks, I don't think they would get credit for a playoff appearance. 
despite having the 12th best points percentage in the National Hockey League and the ninth most points when the season went on pause. So anyway, Chicago would have a chance at the Stanley Cup. The Montreal Canadiens would have a chance at the Stanley Cup. They're 12th in the East. Guys and gals, they're 500. They have 71 points in 71 games, which we know in this day and age in the National Hockey League is not very good. Now, you're getting Montreal in, you're getting Chicago in. Maybe the NHL is thinking, hey, it wouldn't be so bad to get these big market original six teams into these playoff series. But two teams that clearly were not going to make the postseason. Now, it would be a long road to the Stanley Cup for teams like Montreal and Chicago, but it would be the same road that the Oilers would have to go on because they'd have to win that extra play-in round. I often reference the site Sports Club Stats on this show. Uh, That's the one that does all the calculations and projections. And at the conclusion of every night of action in the NHL, we'll do millions of simulations of the remaining schedule and calculate playoff chances out of that. Well, uh, Dave Campbell actually did the work today, the producer of the show, and sent me this note. According to Sports Club stats, Chicago's playoff chances, 2.6%. Montreal's, zero and they would have a chance to uh, participate in this little tournament. I would be fine with expanding it to 10 if you're going to go straight to the playoffs, 10 from each conference, and then you could have spots 7 through 10 playoff to get in and and be in the uh, eight actual playoff teams for that side of the draw. Right now, uh, it doesn't appear that that is what the NHL is going to do. So, and look, we're in Edmonton, so we're being Oilers-centric here. This is not a format that benefits the Oilers. Hey, if if they were 12th, I guess it would, because at least they would have a shot. Uh, If it was uh, the divisional format, they were second in the Pacific Division, so that might have given them a little advantage if they'd seeded teams that way. But it looks like they're just going to go with uh, the conference format. So there is one little thought there and why I'm not a fan of having 24 teams and going straight to, you know, basically a playoff format, even if you don't consider that that first little mini round actual playoffs. Uh, this texture says, read, year, read the one year the Oilers make the playoffs and it's down the drain. Well, I don't know if the whole season is going to be down the drain, but it, it could be a, a little more winding road for the Oilers to get as deep as they, uh, as they would like. So uh, one little thought there. And, you know, again, I just don't, I think teams like Montreal or Chicago don't belong in the tournament. And I, I feel like I'd be saying the same thing if it was the Oilers in that situation. I mean, there's, there's 15 teams in one conference and 16 in the other. If you're 12th, you haven't done that well. And sure, if there was between 10 and 13 games left in the season, depending on who you were, but we've kind of ironed it out who the, the better teams were and who the weaker teams were. Montreal and Chicago don't belong in the postseason. Yeah, and again, and here's the thing for the Oilers. So all of a sudden you're coming back and we're, we're looking now. I mean, there, there's some optimism around maybe a training camp in early July. So maybe it's late July, early August when they uh, start playing the games and you come back. And, and here, here's the thing that would worry me about that matchup for the Oilers that you you have some battle-seasoned players in terms of their playoff experience. And Chicago is, I mean, I guess it would be Chicago, Pittsburgh, and Boston for the best franchise of the last 10 years, LA too, though they've dropped off the last couple of years. Uh, so you have these experienced players who are coming back and get to go right into the playoffs. 
and you have an Oilers team that doesn't have as much postseason experience, you know, would that would that hurt hurt the hurt the Oilers? And that's and that's another thing I want to bring up here. In in my mind, this whatever happens on paper is going to be a continuation of the 1920 series, uh, 1920 season, you know, on paper, it'll be the conclusion to it. They want to give out the Stanley cup, but I think any trends or performances that we had seen happening, you kind of can't really refer to those anymore. I mean, that it becomes in my mind last year. And this is, this is really a, a restart. This, these are teams coming back after basically having an off season. I mean, if they come back in July and the games start, let's just say August 1st, for argument's sake, that's probably maybe a realistic projection at this time. Let's say the games start August 1st. Well, the Oilers penalty killing is second in the NHL. You all know that's the biggest turnaround for the Oilers this season. They went from the second worst penalty killing to the second best. They've gone from losing games specifically because of their penalty kill to sometimes winning games in large part because their penalty kill has been so good. What does that mean? I mean, yeah, from March 11th when they last played Winnipeg to a game that would have been on March 13th against the New York Islanders, well, that means something to be have that momentum with that penalty kill and to have accomplished that and to keep rolling with it. Coming back August 1st, what does that mean? Do, do we know the Oilers' penalty kill is still going to be that good? I mean, I think maybe with the power play, maybe that's a different story because of the firepower they have on there and, and the pure offensive ability. Is the Oilers' penalty kill still going to be that good? You know, is is Mike Smith going to be able to pick up where he left off? Now, this goes for other teams as well, and maybe there are some are some advantages for the Oilers. You know, Oscar Clefbaum missed some games with the shoulder. He's he's had some time to rest. Maybe he feels even better. Joachim Nygaard's back from the injury. Mike Green's back from the injury. He suffered in what his first game as an Oiler, and he's back. What about a team like the Columbus Blue Jackets that had around half their team out of the lineup this year? All of a sudden, they're back healthy. Carolina gets Dougie Hamilton back healthy. So it's it's going to be the 1920 season, but it's not a, a, a true continuation of the season because we've go, gone so long between games. Armswar texting in 780-496-0063. He says, Reed, I get what you're saying, but I think this is actually good for the Oilers. The top four teams... We'll have to jump into a playoff series cold turkey. The Oilers will have some games to warm up. Well, fair comment, and I, I think that that is something to consider. Even if those top four teams play against each other, the stakes are not going to be as high. You know, and here's the here's the thing about seeding the teams. Home ice advantage means nothing because we're going to be playing in neutral sites. And that's another thing that's being thrown around. The teams that the, the two hub cities the two hub cities are probably not going to get to have their teams play at home. The, the NHL has brought that up a few times. I don't agree with it, but it's, it's been mentioned a few times. Elliot Friedman has said it on Bob's show. So like truly there's going to be absolutely no home ice advantage. So arms where I get your point, how intense are those seating games going to be? Is there really a big, big difference between finishing first or, or second? Uh, if it sounds like they would not reseed the teams after the playoff round. So if you're the first place team, you're playing the eighth or ninth team. You wouldn't get to play the 12th place team if they upset the number five. So, uh, you know, fair comment. And, and I wonder too, are we going to have playoff games that kind of look like preseason games when it comes to execution? 
We know the stakes are going to be higher. We know they're going to be playoff games on the schedule, on the text, on what we're reading online. But is it, are we going to watch these games for a few weeks and be like, oh, timing's off. Oh, that guy hasn't played in a while. Oh, was that guy able to work out the way he usually does? Don says, hey, Reed, if the Oilers can't beat Chicago, do they belong in the playoffs? Well, I mean, fair comment, Don. I mean, you get, I mean, look, if they set up the format, it, it's going to be the same for the five seed on the other side. I guess that would be Pittsburgh. Fair enough. My argument is that Chicago really deserve to even have a shot. Len says, hi, Reed, is it 1920 or 2020? Kellen, it is 2020, isn't it? If I said 1920, I meant the 2019-2020 season. Last I looked, I mean, it's I, 2020. I could be a century off. I am pretty old-fashioned. This morning, I rode a unicycle around my neighborhood. Reed Wilkins, time traveler? <laughs> I had a top hat, and I had a pocket watch, and I was wearing a monocle, Ooh. and I rode, my, I rode a unicycle around the neighborhood. Reed Wilkins, it was quite time refreshing. Lord. I really am a time lord. All right, 780-496-0063 is the number to call or text. I will uh, bring you right back after these messages. Thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. Inside Sports on 630 Chet, 7 to 8 p.m. every weeknight temporarily. We are uh, usually 6 to 8 global news hour at 6. We have a simulcast of that television show from 6 to 7 on 630 Chet as we uh, go through the highly newsworthy event of the global pandemic. Thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. Uh, this texture uh, writing in, it is Len, says, Hey, Reed, guess who won the Stanley Cup in 1920? The Ottawa Senators defeating the Seattle Metropolitans three games to two. The uh, games were played in Ottawa and Toronto. (laughs) Seattle didn't get to host any games. So uh, there we go, back 100 years. The Senators will not make it a centennial celebration and uh, win the Stanley Cup this year. I can tell you that for sure. 780-496-0063. It is Jared on the line. Jared, I, 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 I think this is my regular Jared. I hope you're doing well. Yeah, good. How are you, Reed? Doing quite well. I'm very happy to hear from you. Yeah, I just got a couple of comments and then a, and then a, a joke at the end. Uh, okay. I think I think you're right about one thing with the Chicago Montreal getting in is that you have to follow the money in terms of those being big hockey markets. And the other thing is, I've often thought that it doesn't look like there's going to be an NBA season this year. There's more likely to be a hockey than an NBA. And Gary Bettman was is very familiar with the NBA. And I do believe that one reason why they may want to go to this expanded playoff format is if there's no NBA playoffs, it gives the NHL uh, a pretty big platform in the U.S. markets and to gain maybe a little more of a foothold that they've, they've, because they're always competing against the NBA during the Stanley Cup Finals. So I do think that that could possibly be part of the thinking and then but the other thing is i think if they're going to play all these games with no fans and every everything like what what does it all mean at the end when the when the one team wins the stanley cup like will it be considered a like a valid win or will it you know or is it like just a stanley cup with an asterisk beside it 
You know, that, uh, that's a good point. And he- here's what I predict would happen. I mean, look, if you win the Stanley Cup, you win the Stanley Cup. You're going to have to play through the same conditions as every other team. But 10, 15 years from now, how many what-if stories are we going to get from players who are now retired? Well, if we wouldn't have had to stay in that hotel, if we would have got this team instead of this, right? That's that's what I'm curious to see down the road. The teams that, that got knocked out early or were a high seed and didn't make it through, those are the ones that are going to say, well, that team won, but, you know, we had to deal with but, this. But but, but how, do you, how do you think, like, the players are going to react to playing in front of, a 20,000 seat arena with no fans. Well, I'm going to tell you something, Jared. I, you know, I've, I've talked to a couple guys I know around the league and, and, a, and a couple of ex-players that I know, and I, I don't want to make it sound like there's unrest or anything, but it's not, it's not universal in the NHLPA that they all want to finish the season at the, and that they all want to finish it the same way. But I mean, I think have- there are some guys that have some doubts about finishing or doing this plan. But do they have? Does the NHLPA have to vote on this? Yes, there would be, be some. Vote? There would be some sort of a vote, and I think that they would vote to play, um, yeah. because, like, look, if there's not TV revenue from the postseason, there's less overall revenue, and that means there's less salaries for the players because they got to put money into escrow, so they can split it all properly at the end of the year, right? So it hurts the players' bottom line if the overall hockey revenue isn't the same. Jared, you got to get your joke in here. Okay, my joke is I I heard a rumor that the NHL owners want to have elephants play on the third pairing and fourth line. Do you want to know why? This just to conserve the salary cap. You want to know why? Why? Because they heard that elephants will play for peanuts. <laughs> Jared, hope you're doing well, buddy. Have a good night. Bye-bye. That is Jared with an elephant joke on Inside Sports. John Shannon coming up. We'll talk about the NHL's return to play proposal. And we'll uh, talk about, uh, you know, John is a former TV broadcast executive. What about showing games in empty rinks? How might that change how they're presented on television? We got a request here from Brent to play this track coming back from break. Lay it down by Rat. What was their big one, Kellen? Round and round? Round and round. This was the other one. Yeah, we were doing that a little more early uh, in in the pandemic. We'll still we'll still do it. If you have a track you would like to hear coming back from break, preferably something with an energetic guitar intro that doesn't have any naughty language in the first 30 or 40 seconds. We'd be happy to spin that for you. Kellen's got, he has a record player. He has a cassette player. He's got some carts. He's got an eight track. So we can try to bring you that music in, in a variety of different ways. Anything to, and uh, everything. Anything, yeah, anything and, and everything. We, we got it. it it's, it's pretty good. All right. So it's uh, so just some other notes here uh, to touch on. Uh, we talked about this a little bit yesterday, the CFL looking at a December gray cup as a possibility, hoping to start the season in September. That would be the earliest possible start. I, I think the, the CFL might be considering just playing games within the divisions to cut down on travel. So then if, if it was an East West gray cup, it would be the first meeting of the season between those two teams. I think that is uh, on the table. 
the uh, Eskimos made some announcements about uh, people who have bought tickets for the upcoming year. I have a story on that on 630shed.com and more on Baseball Edmonton Incorporated taking over the lease to Remax Field for April of 2020. And I'll uh, talk a little bit more about that later on in the show. But I want to go east and welcome John Shannon back to Inside Sports. John, how are things, buddy? Doing great, Reid. You? I'm doing very well. Pouring rain here in Edmonton. Absolutely pouring rain. How is it for you there? I'm not going to tell you how good it is here and the fact that we can golf today and anything like that. Oh, good. Have you been? Have you played this year? No, not yet. I, I, I've played uh, earlier in the year, but not in this country. So, uh, okay. But I uh, haven't played in, in Ontario. By the way, I think I'm the only listener that actually knows what an eight-track machine is. So I, I know that uh, you're not old enough to remember eight tracks, are you, Reed? Uh, not really. Like I knew they were out. <laughs> not really. No. Yeah. But yeah. when I when I was a kid, we got cassettes. Like I, I often told the story. The first cassette I bought that I was excited about was when Brian Adams' Reckless came out in uh, what eighty three or eighty four. Wow. So I that's I can remember getting that uh-huh. on cassette and be like, yeah, I got a Brian Adams tape. This is awesome. Eight track, eight track in nineteen seventy one. That's I. I had an eight track machine in nineteen seventy one. So, oh wow, uh, I, I was not quite born, but that's okay. Uh, mm. It's it's yeah, good thanks. to have you. It's good to have you on again. And uh, look, we were we were rapping here in the first half hour about the NHL's proposal and uh, some updates here from Twitter. I'll just reference Chris Johnston, our buddy from Sportsnet. He says the NHLPA's executive board is taking a vote on the 2014 return to play format proposal. Vote is ongoing. Results aren't expected until tomorrow. So we're getting there with the NHL. The thing here is, is in this market, John, uh, people want, want to see the season finished. I don't know if they like the fact that the Oilers would have to engage the Chicago Blackhawks in a little mini playing round. Uh, right, uh, and there's probably a very good chance, Reed, that if the Oilers uh, did get to the mini round, they wouldn't do it in Edmonton. Uh, there's a good chance that it would be structured so there would absolutely, absolutely be no home ice advantage to anybody. That's the thought, at least. Now, that may change, but the concept was that uh, in certain cities, uh, the home team would be put uh, somewhere else to play. So I don't know whether that changes with the the two two hub format as opposed to the four t four city uh, format. Uh, so, but that was at one point that, that the and and really in the end does it matter because there's nobody in the in the building to cheer for them anyway. So. Yeah, there wouldn't really be a home ice advantage. And, and that's that's my thing too with those top four seeds playing a potential round robin where they could adjust their seating. You know, again, does it matter? Like if you're the number one team, you're going to have to play eight or nine and there's no home ice advantage. It's going to, it's, I, I don't know. Like, I don't know if there's a perfect format. I just really don't think Montreal and Chicago should be afforded even a difficult road to to win the Stanley Cup and it would be difficult going in as uh, as the 12th seed but I'm kind of like we've played enough of the well, regular season it, it, to well, know except, they're not except, except that you know uh, the commissioner has always preferred bracketing in other words to be able to predict who you play in the next round even before the first round starts uh, and so w- which is something very different than than what we've seen uh, in the NHL um, so 
that part and the bracketing might actually make it easier after the first round for a team uh, that's a lower seed. It's going to be interesting to see what happens. What is your current sense of Edmonton standing in being one of the two hubs? Vancouver's out there. I've heard, you know, Carolina, Vegas. Someone even mentioned Columbus to me today as a as a possibility. You know, what's your sense of where uh, Edmonton stands if it came down to a decision? Well, there there are at least eleven cities that have expressed interest in being a hub. Um, and it sounds like that three of those are in Canada, Toronto, Edmonton, Vancouver. Uh, and um, uh, with everything that's gone on, I mean, it, it goes to what your building can do and how you can manage the, the amount of players and hotels in the, in the downtown area. And obviously there's feeling in Edmonton that that could happen. Uh, I, I think this is anybody's guess. Uh, whether it is Vancouver, where it is Edmonton, whether it is Toronto, uh, Vegas is on that list. I'm, I was told today at one point Chicago might even be on that list uh, as, a, as a hub city. Uh, again, it goes back to uh, uh, hotels, available ice. Uh, Chicago has four practice facilities close by the United Center, which may, would make it easy. So there, uh, there are lots of things in place. And then the question becomes is what do you do in the, uh, on the off days for your teams? That's something obviously that the Oilers have given a great deal of thought to as far as uh, how to use uh, all the aspects of, uh, of Rogers Place and, uh, and even some of the golf courses uh, in the Edmonton area. Yeah, that was an interesting one as well that they, they've looked into sort of the lifestyle that the players would have while they're potentially staying in Edmonton. It's, it's such an interesting time, John, because, you know, you and I, we, we want to get as the, the, the latest stories. We want to get what the, as close to accurate as possible. It changes every day in this situation. And, you know, Vegas has been out there because of their hotels and, and the proximity of the rink. So I've also had a couple people say to me today that they don't think Vegas has enough ice to maybe accommodate all the teams for for practicing. I, I, I'm just going to totally spitball something here, John. I wonder if they could even pick three hub cities and two cities host the first two rounds and then maybe a city like Vegas gets the conference finals and the Stanley Cup final. I don't know. Like, is that totally out to lunch? It's not, but it, 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 what the, the reason, you see, you're using sports logic again Reed. you got to stop using logic i mean the reason you'd think that is so that it, you could uh, put people in the seats there's no and since there's no discussion of that the, the reality is they if if they could put the, the perfect scenario together and do it in yellow knife and in white horse that would make the most sense they would do it uh, because there, there's nobody going to be in the seats, nobody paying dollars, nobody buying at the concession stands, nobody in the restaurants. Uh, th there's no, you know, what I would describe as F and B dollars at stake here. What they're trying to do is everything back of house. Are there enough dressing rooms? Are there enough catering areas for the teams? How do the teams practice? What do you do for the teams on the off days? Are the hotels secure? Are they cleaned every day? How many hotels do you you have those are all the issues then then the other the other issue becomes is what do you do if you're i mean obviously if a team is eliminated from the playoffs you can leave and go home but what happens if if you're forced you win your series 
in theory in in three games and you have to wait for a team who's in a battle uh in, in a best of five and it goes five games so in theory you could you could wait five or six days for your next series to start are you going to be able to go home are you going to be able to leave you know i mean these are questions i think that that have to be answered Here, here's another one we all think the players are going to be quarantined. What about the what about the referees? Are they going to be quarantined? What about the off ice officials? Are they going to be quarantined? What about the TV crews? Are they going to be quarantined? I mean, there are so many questions like that that have to be answered before any. We can pick the hub cities, but then you have to work through the logistics of all of that. Yeah, and uh, and that's a great point. And I think I'm going to, if I ever get to do like a promo or some sort of trailer for the show, I think I'm going to use that. John Shannon says, Reed Wilkins is too logical. I'll tape it. I'll tape it. I didn't say you're smart. You're just too logical. You know, you're just too <laughs> logical, Reed. Come on now. Common sense cannot. Common sense does not work in sports. Reed, come on now, man. (laughs) I should have learned that by now. John (laughs) Shannon joining us on Inside Sports. Okay, I got to have some fun with you here because you and I have had some great chats in the past about your broadcast experience and all your TV production experience and all that fun stuff. And I love how you you take us behind the scenes a little bit to that. So let's say you're producing an, an NHL telecast in a in a arena that will not have fans where's the first place you're mm-hmm. going to put a camera that you wouldn't have been able to put a camera otherwise well one of the great things about it, what i would probably do and, and and i don't want to get too technical because it doesn't make much sense um but, but what i would be into doing is i would be moving a lot more cameras right to the glass um and there's a piece of there's a piece of in television called the steady cam they use it on monday night football they use it a lot for movies they use and what it is it's a harness that sits on a uh, on a cameraman's uh, upper body uh that they that uh, it has a gyroscope in it that he, he it actually keeps it steady uh, hence the name steady cam uh and, and it works as a handheld camera if you could actually take that type of equipment and use it and have the ability and and, and you can remove seats you can have the ability of of having the the cameraman start behind the net and walk around the glass almost to the you know to the to the blue line certainly to the face-off circle that to me would provide a lot of context and a lot more feeling that you're much closer to the action i mean one, one of the biggest issues we always have is that with with the seats and the people in the seats we're never close enough to the game but if you can actually get closer to the game and have a manned camera and the ability to move then that to me would be that would be a, a, a magic and, and, and create the what I would describe as those wow moments. People would go, wow, look at that move. It happens a lot at Super Bowls, but it doesn't necessarily happen very often uh, during a, an NHL game simply because of the, the proximity of the seats and the proximity of, of people. But if you could do that and get closer to the game, that would be spectacular for me because on, uh, on, the, on the other side, Reed, you still want to be able to watch the game and, under, and be able to see the puck go in the net. So you can't re- rewrite the rules of how to cover hockey on television. What you need to be able to do is, is you need to be able to find a way to get closer to the game 
and get the viewer that much closer to the game. Apparently, Drex is really excited for his show coming up at 11 o'clock tonight, everybody. <laughs> but uh, there we go. Okay. Well, he's, he's another guy that doesn't use any common sense or logic, that's all. That's, <laughs> that's, that's a good point. Okay, well, that's a good transition to my question about sound. Uh, so do you think when the NHL hypothetically televises these empty arena games, should they pump some sort of crowd noises? Should they, should they play music during actual gameplay, which, which they don't do now? What do you think the solution is there? I think there's enough sound with skates and players and sticks. I think there's enough sound on the, uh, in the arena and then you combine that with, uh, with, with play-by-play and color. I think there's enough there already. Uh, what I would recommend, though, is, um, you know, one of the things with no, no people in the crowd and microphones close to the ice, there's going to be a lot more swearing. You're going to hear a lot more swearing. Uh, because once, once, once you get the, these guys in the heat of the battle, you're going to, you're, you're going to get back to, you know, what they always say on the ice to each other um, and to the referee. So that becomes the real question is how do you manage that part of it? Uh, and what I would actually do is something that, I, that, that has become quite common uh, when, it, when, it, when it goes to uh, documentaries and movies that have, uh, have uh, foul language in them. On one channel, they have it censored, and on, the, on another channel, they have it raw. And I would actually do that uh, in this scenario. I would say, listen, if you want to watch, listen and listen to the game without commentators, and you listen to the raw feed, and you listen to all all the swearing, it's over here. You've been warned. If you want to keep your kids away, you can go and watch it on this channel over there, and it has play-by-play in color, and you can do that. That's how I would manage the sound, rather than worrying about f- pumping in um, a crowd noise or music. Uh, you know, the NBA uses music a ton during games in arena because they need it. Because otherwise, it's really boring watching a guy bounce the ball up the court all the time. Uh, and it's it, 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 hockey's not like that. The speed and the and the sound of the skates and the and the sticks has always been good enough in arena. All right. Well, that, yeah, I, I find that really interesting, and I, I think that's probably where we're headed too, where where fans will have a choice of what feed to watch. So maybe we start seeing that. I got to yeah. read you three three text yeah. messages quickly before we go. Norman, a combine. One of our tractors has an eight track. Trucker Rick says I had a nineteen sixty eight Dodge. My daughter loved Jan and Dean on eight track. And another texter says I still have two working eight track machines, and I have many eight track tapes so there you go john at least three listeners know what you're talking about wow i i I, that's good that's good i i i i got to a point where all my eight tracks were broken and i didn't know how to fix them so (laughs) hey thanks for checking in always love your perspective love having a laugh with you take care out there and uh, hopefully we're talking about some actual hockey games down the road here yeah, we got a ways to go, Reed, but I I wouldn't be surprised to see us at uh, or see the players at Rogers Place uh, first week in August. There we go. That is John Shannon checking in tonight on Inside Sports. Uh, thanks to uh, Peter in uh, Wainwright, who says he loves hearing John on the radio. We love having him on. We're back to wrap things up after the break.
the Nooch. Don't forget, go to the contest page on 630chet.com. You can enter to win a pair of golf passes to the Ranch Golf and Country Club. Contest page, 630chet.com. As we referenced earlier in the half hour, just to keep you updated, Chris Johnston from Sportsnet has tweeted out, the NHLPA's executive board is taking a vote on the 2014 return to play format proposal. The vote is ongoing and results aren't expected until tomorrow. And uh, yeah, we're looking at 24 teams with this play in round, which would be uh, the Oilers against Chicago, likely in a best of five to then be one of the 16 playoff teams. I look, I don't know if we can sit here and really discuss a perfect format. I'll, I'll put it this way. And as John Shannon said, I, maybe I start after you, you start using less common sense. Sure, many people would think I already do that, uh, but it seems to me this format is more imperfect than other formats. <laughs> is that fair, Kellen? Sure. <laughs> it's like, hey, do these jeans make me look fat? No, they just make you look less thin than other ones. That's all. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three to call or text. This texture says read. What is up with the drive-through lineups at Peter's Drive-In? Yeah, what is, is up there, with that? Is their food actually that good? Never tried it. That is from a texter. Um, it's probably not worth lining up for two or three hours, <laughs> quite frankly. But people want to try it, or they already uh, love where it's been. It's already been in Calgary and Red Deer. I ate at Peter's in Red Deer. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm kind of one of those people of the belief. Well, maybe I'm the only person of this belief. Maybe I'm not part of a group. I believe a burger is a burger. You know, the, there, I don't think there's much variation in hamburgers. So I, I don't know if uh, the Peter's burger or whatever you get is necessarily going to be like miles better that you have to line up for it. Just my opinion. I thought the milkshake that I had at Peter's and Red Deer was excellent. It was a higher grade milkshake. I yeah, will the milkshakes are good. And don't when you order fries, even if you order a small fries, you get basically a bucket of French fries at Peter's. Isn't that their shtick? That's the whole deal. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's part of the deal. Okay. Anyway, I, uh, I appreciate somebody asking me about that. And this texter says, it's great food, Peter's is. Apparently Yoda texting in tonight. It's great food, Peter's is. <laughs> That's incredible. Okay, well, I guess tomorrow we'll be uh, talking more about the NHL return to play proposal. Maybe we'll have some more details, something a little more concrete. Maybe we'll have reaction to that. And we'll try to have some fun on Friday night as well. Thanks to John Shannon for joining us. Thanks to you for participating as well. Dave Campbell is the producer of the show. Kellen Kennedy is your studio operator. My name is Reed Wilkins. Thank you so much for listening. Hope you're doing well. Take care. Six thirty, Chad. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins, weekdays at six on Six Thirty, Chad.